ప్రేమ స్వరూపులైన విద్యార్థులారా విద్యా బోధకులారా This is a cup. This is a table. This is a wall. This is a house. This is the ground. This is a suburb. This is the east coast. This is the west coast. This is water. This is the sky. This is the maker of day. This is night. These are stars. These are planets. This is he. That is his person. That is his house. These are all distinct from me. Or are they? Where does division start? and where does it end Sairam I'm Deepika Sairam it's Nishavita so Deepika mixed feelings were at the end of road to divinity yeah we've traveled a long way and this final part of discourse 5 is all about differences with a difference We were lost on the battlegrounds of Kurukshetra where Krishna taught us an important lesson by carrying Draupadi's slippers. With Lord Krishna we scaled the heights of sense control. Or should we say we saw the depth of it? Learning that sense control should lead us to the point where we're ready to sacrifice anything. Mm. And this is the beauty of Samashaya's 1990, isn't it? Swami's refining our every move right down to the most minute details, which we saw a couple of episodes ago. So Swami also tells us how the ancient scriptures have plenty of shining examples of people who led such noble and ideal lives. And then he also goes on to say that most of us are totally uninformed of these great texts. Well, in that vein, the next statement Swami makes is actually quite remarkable. He says, "You hear people talking about culture and spirituality as if they are two different things. In my view, culture is only the essence derived from spirituality what an interesting statement made all the more interesting because this entire course is actually the summer course in indian culture and spirituality right so it's funny if you look at the old photos these two words that swami brings in culture and spirituality are actually hanging behind him as he speaks anyway uh do you remember way back in episode 1 of season 1 we looked at the word parathia yeah Yeah, okay. So I was just thinking how in that episode we looked at how Swami talks about this word. Bharatiya in our context isn't about being Indian or living in India. Swami defines Bharatiya as one rooted in the highest truth, the truth that all humanity is one entity. So essentially we're all working towards the idea of this Bharatiya culture. The other word we talked about at that time was samskriti, the process of refinement. Yeah, paddy being turned into rice was I think the example Swami gave, and I think we gave the example of Cheerios. Yeah. So if we bring both those definitions into discourse 5, let's go back to the quote. Culture is the essence derived from spirituality. 
Do you have a sweet tooth? I sure do. Swami uses an analogy that you'll probably like. Halwa, kheer, gulab jamun, jalebi. Uh-huh. Even though they all have different appearances and forms, they're all sweet. What's common to them all? Uh, sugar? Yeah. Sugar is the basis. It's common to them all. In just the same way, spirituality is common to the seemingly different cultures of all lands and nations. Spirituality is common to the seemingly different cultures of all lands and nations. Hmm. Isn't it interesting that Swami's not denying the differences here? He's actually drawing our attention to the fact that spirituality is the common thread between all the cultures. So maybe this is actually a good point to check in on what Swami actually means by spirituality. In the 2002 Shivratri Discourse, Swami defines spirituality as that which relates to the eternal, unchanging Atma. In short, Swami says, recognizing the fact that I and you are one is true spirituality. Okay. Okay, so I'm seeing an equation here. So if oneness is spirituality and spirituality is the essence of culture, then that means that oneness has to be uh, equal to the essence of culture So again, Swami is emphasizing that cultures might be different in how they look to us, but essentially they're still related. They're rooted in this oneness. He actually gives us a really relatable example, doesn't he? Our bodies in that the body is made up of different limbs that have different functions. So our hands and legs don't look the same. They don't function the same, but they're still part of the same body, the one body. I think this is the part where we have to recognize this oneness, that is essential. So Swami says, and I'll read this out, true wisdom lies in discerning and discovering the fundamental unity behind the superficial differences in world culture. So just as culture and spirituality are inextricably linked, so too are what we call worldly and spiritual. Swami continues to elaborate that these are not two unrelated things, but two facets of one indivisible reality or truth. The sum total of these two aspects of worldly and spiritual is what we call culture. Hmm. Deepika, do you want to play a game? Um, do I? Yes, you totally do. Okay, so let's put some words out there and then you can silently class them as related to the world or to true spirituality. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Work, is it spiritual or worldly? Bhajans, cooking dinner, Soccer, listening to the lion's roar, your studies? Is this a trick question? (laughs) Deepika, when is it ever not? And yes, you're right. Swami's been saying right from the start of this section that any differences we see are totally perceived. They're imaginary. This is the sort of narrow-mindedness that we have to let go of. He's really driving home that these things, what we perceive as worldly, spiritual, are all interrelated. It's like that wave and ocean analogy Swami shares in the 1997 Shivratri discourse. So Swami gives a discourse the morning after a whole night of bhajans. And in that he says, All of you were engaged in bhajans the entire night. They appear to be largely ritualistic. In establishing what is ritual and what is spiritual, he tells us that these worldly rituals have come from the spiritual and that every worldly activity has an element of the spiritual in it whether it's work, business, or our studies, 
Worldly activities get sanctified by association with spirituality. Yeah, Swami goes on to explain this really beautifully with this ocean analogy. So I'll actually read it out to you. So from the worldly activities arise what are called unreal reflections of the worldly activities. What is the relationship between these three types of activities? The spiritual is like the ocean. From this arise the waves of worldly activities. The main characteristics of the ocean are to be found in the waves also, like chillness, saltiness. The worldly activities, or things that you do in the world, are represented by the foam arising from the waves. The foam has all the qualities of the ocean. The relationship between these three types has to be properly understood. Without the ocean, there can be no waves. Without the waves, there can be no foam. It is clear that without the spiritual, there can be no worldly phenomenon. Without the worldly waves, there can be no worldly reflections or foam. Their interrelationship is comparable to a grandfather, the ocean, father, waves, and the sun, the foam. The ocean is not diminished by evaporation or swollen by the flow of river waters. This equanimity is characteristic of the ocean. It is free from egoism and possessiveness. Doesn't this analogy just make so much sense? Yeah, it does. Swami also goes on to say that it's totally wrong to separate these three states and that worldly activities shouldn't be divorced in any way from the spiritual. Only then can we find peace in worldly activities as well. It's the distinction we create between worldly and spiritual that causes sorrow. The spiritual basis of all activity should never be forgotten. Well, that was the best kind of beach trip, eh? but I feel like I'm in over my head, so it might actually be a good time to get back to Discourse 5. Swami says, people lacking in such broad-minded unitary vision see the apparent and even imaginary differences between cultures of one nation and another. True wisdom lies in discerning and discovering the fundamental oneness behind the superficial differences in world culture. The same applies to religions too. Swami is expanding our vision, breaking imaginary boundaries that we've created, which have resulted in narrow-mindedness. Having broken the boundaries between spirituality and culture, worldly and spiritual, he now brings us to religion. But before we come to the premature conclusion that Swami is providing a moral lesson here, let's understand what Swami means by religion. Swami actually presents a really interesting definition for religion here, one that we might not have actually thought of before. So he says, realization is religion. Since realization is one and the same, irrespective of whatever religion professed by men, it logically follows that basically all religions are one, or to be more accurate, there is only one religion. If realization is the moment where we realize that God alone exists, that there is no two, there is only one, then there can only be one realization and therefore one religion. It's indisputable logic. So here we are at the end of Discourse 5, the road to divinity. What have we picked up along the way? Mastering our tongue. Sense contact. Self-inquiry. It might also seem like Swami's taken us on a little bit of a detour as we've discussed religion, what is worldly, true spirituality, and culture. 
but it's such an important detour because otherwise how are we going to see that oneness when all we see is division not just in terms of the things that we like and that we don't like but also in a larger setting like our cultures and religions our worldly and spiritual activities swami's really showing us where our boundaries are and now that he's pointed them out now that we can see it it's time for us to dissolve our differences and merge into that ocean of oneness that Swami's talking about. We've spent the past few discourses looking at the body and the senses. So, what's next? Well, we better mind our steps because discourse 6 hold the reins is next and it's going to blow our minds. Until then, stay, stay awesome. awesome.